Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Destiny Today with your host, Anthony Turner. Join us as we explore life and purpose from a kingdom perspective through biblical teaching, inspirational messages, and informative discussions with special guests. Our goal is to equip and mobilize you to walk in the fullness of your destiny today. I have the very distinct privilege of introducing to your destiny today such an incredible woman of God who's impacted my life over the last three and a half years. Her name is Megan Ortega, and uh, the rest I will will discover together as we get the opportunity to unpack uh, our conversation today. But I'd like to have you welcome our guest today. Megan Ortega. Welcome, Megan, to your destiny today. Well, thank you, Anthony. It's really an honor to be able to have this conversation with you today. Well, I have to let folks know, um, like I said, about three and a half years ago, I was invited. Megan is uh, Megan and Matthew. I'll let her give you more information about herself. But Megan and Matthew are um, part of the leadership, ministry leadership team of uh Rivergate Church in, is it Bryan or College Station, Texas? We're technically College Station now. Okay, so in College Station, Texas, I met them um, through uh, a mutual friend of mine who's a part of their leadership team there at uh, Rivergate Church. And uh, immediately, as soon as I met the Ortegas, uh, in particular, uh, Megan, I just, I was just, a goner because of just the impact that this person just has had on my life. And so I want to let everyone else have the same experience of seeing someone who is what I consider one of the young firebrands. As a matter of fact, I call her a kingdom statesman. (laughs) Uh, I really do. And I feel like uh, she has a a message, a platform. She's one of those messengers that Father has released, as well as her husband, Matthew. Both of them are phenomenal. And uh, they have a message. Uh, They have a place that needs to be uh, established in the body of Christ. I feel like she and Matthew and other young firebrands like them are um, who Father has released in the earth uh, for such a time as this, I was talking to Megan earlier, and I said, you know, we 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 use that phrase out of Esther quite often, uh, where Mordecai looked at Esther and said, "How do you how do you know that the Father did not raise you up for such a time as this?" Well, mm-hmm. I I look for those type of people right now, the ones that carry something that you know, they they may not be well-known as some of our other uh, ministry leaders and kingdom people right now, but but they are the emerging voices that I feel like carry that crossover message. And so without any further ado, again, Megan, we are honored and blessed to have you. And uh, we're thrilled for some of the things that we've talked about discussing in our conversation today. 
Well, Anthony, I, I don't know how I'm going to live up to your, <laughs> to your beautiful words, but thank you so much. You're, you're such a father and it's so, um, just an honor to be, uh, seen by you and to, um, be able to walk through these doors that you're opening that I also believe that God is opening. So here I am coming through and um, I'm excited uh, to see what God has for the body of Christ. And just uh, in, in our, in our conversation today, I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, and just a little bit about me. I'm married to Matthew for 14 years and uh, we have three kids, Isabella, Clara, and Baron. Um, they're all in school now and we just became chicken parents <laughs> and, uh, uh, we're also, we're involved in leadership at, at our church and through sort of through the church, uh, I also do a ministry called freedom prayer, which is, uh, geared at helping people encounter God, uh, for themselves to hear his voice, um, for themselves so that he can heal their hearts so that he can save them and deliver them and bring them new freedom. It's called freedom prayer. And so God has actually worked in my life through that ministry. He's used me, but he's also healed my own heart through it. Um, and then I'm also a labor and delivery nurse and I get to the honor of bringing babies into the world. And God uses that in my life to, to teach me so many lessons and uh that's also a privilege and an honor that i have so amen well you know you touched on so many different things and it again uh, to our audience it just speaks to um just the type of people that father is raising up right now uh you know you touched on uh, your the the ministry that you have with freedom prayer you're part of the leadership team at your church uh you're uh a nurse that has the privilege of bringing babies into the world. All of those give you such a unique perspective. And, uh, and I think many times as uh, sons and daughters of God, we don't, we don't sometimes correlate how the father, all of the different pieces that he integrates into our life that give us the perspective to see um, what he's doing um, in in a in a very unique way, uh, and 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 I I think that that's that's one of the things that helps us to have a more well rounded uh, concept or worldview, if I would, of uh, what God is doing in the earth. So so you you get to see people get set free because you know first of all the word says freely receive freely give. And so mm. you, you did that through freedom prayer, but then now also, uh, as a, as a uh, nurse, as a, a professional in, um, bringing babies into the, into the world, that also helps you to understand or to see in ways that, uh, that many of us don't. I remember when we were talking, uh, when I was there in Texas at your church, you told me, you said, I just, love babies. And I was just, I could see it in your eyes. I could see the sparkle in your eyes to see someone who does something that they love to do. Mm, yes. Well, and I feel like God has me, uh, he's, he's called us spiritual midwives. So, and then even with the, the outside, you know, the, the hobbyist farming that I'm doing, 
there's new life there. There's, there's nurturing, there's bringing things about, there's planting seeds and then allowing God to bring the increase. Um, and that's why I love freedom prayer and, you know, midwifery. It's I'm not doing it. It's actually God is birthing this thing and I'm literally just getting people in position. And that is the part that just, I adore is the, the partnership with the Holy spirit in him doing the work and me getting to be any bit of it, you know, the watering or the planting or the weeding, you know, but he has a little job to partner with us because he is a father and he loves to bring us into his work. Absolutely. And, um, and so that is, that's, yeah, that's the thing that I absolutely love is that component of um, the divine that I can't make it happen, but I get to partner with him. So. Amen. Well, that's why uh, I wanted to have you as one of our guests today on Your Destiny Today because of that very reason. It, there's nothing for me that's more fulfilling than to see a, uh, the Father uh, partner with his sons and daughters to bring his purposes into, mm. uh, into the realm of reality. And, uh, you know, you, you and I both in our conversations, we've, we've talked about that on many different, uh, areas and many, you know, even the people who've influenced our life and just here recently, um, I, we, we, as we were talking, we both, uh, discovered that we have been influenced by, um, a voice that has now transitioned and gone to be with the Lord, uh, some of the body of Christ may be aware uh, and others may not. Uh, but one of one of the people that just recently, I think last week, actually went mm-hmm. home to be with the Lord was Dr. Uh, Michael Heiser, who is the phenomenal teacher, theologian, author, uh, the author of the, the one book. He's written multiple books, but the book that impacted my life and the one that I've had the, the opportunity to read right now is uh, Unseen Realm. And uh, yes. you and I got into a conversation about that. So uh, I, I want to just open our time together by just, first of all, talking about Dr. Michael Heiser or having you kind of share how he's impacted your life and, and, and whatever else you want to talk about regarding that. Yeah, well, I, I agree. Like I'm, he definitely changed the way I look at uh, scripture in a, in a really positive way. He calls himself a connector. He said, I'm not bringing new information. I'm just connecting things that other people have, uh, have discovered. And to me, he's this bridge between uh, scholarly work and charismatic community. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and I love that because he's not afraid of the weird aspects of the Bible. <laughs> and so I, I would say that like, you know, uh, you know, I love you, you and I both love history. And so I would say that the enlightenment really took out quite a lot of mystery yeah. from the body of Christ and from the church. And, um, and that, and then the, what I would call the modern way of looking at things where things are, are mechanized and, systematized and the process is sanitized and it took out that mystery but of course the mystery still existed you know and uh it was real and it it was stubborn because it's real (laughs) it keeps asserting itself wow yeah um 
And so, and so then of course we have, which, you know, there's all kinds of things going on. We have the Jesus movement um, that happens in the sixties and seventies. And concurrently with that, you have this new age thing popping yeah. out um, in the secular world. And, but it was this hunger for the spirit um, that we had been, I think, societally deprived of right. for, you know, 200 years. Yes. And so, um, and so I see this resurgence into the supernatural, um, and that can get really messy and I've watched it get messy in, mm -hmm. this, in the charismatic world. Um, because my, my parents were saved during the Jesus movement They came to faith in the Jesus movement. And so I've watched charismania happen. And thankfully both my parents just had this foundation in the word of God that kept us, uh, that kept us tethered. Yeah. Um, which is a mercy. Um, but you, you can't throw that baby out with the bathwater. Like there is the supernatural. And so Dr. Heiser comes in and, and he's a Hebrew scholar. Yeah. And so he goes back and he reads Psalm 82 in the Hebrew as he's getting his PhD. And his, his friend is like, I don't remember the friend's name, but his friend is like, have you read Psalm 82 in Hebrew? Like, just go back and read it. And it talks about the Bene Elohim, which is yeah. the sons of God. Um, and when he reads Psalm 82 and a lot of English translations, they try to make it um, the sons of God, meaning the, the sons of Israel, um, and, and they switch the meaning. Yeah. Um, uh, but this really broke open him looking at the scriptures. Um, he was a believer. He was evangelical. But looking at the scriptures and saying there is this whole unseen realm, which is the name of his book, that right that there are, it's peopled with Elohim, meaning uh, Elohim is what we translate as God mm -hmm. in uh, in our Bibles, in the English translations, um, but it can mean a disembodied spirit. Yeah. And so then when you read the Bible through this, you're like, oh, there are, there are, there are all kinds of uh, I guess a population in the unseen realm that we don't know about. Right. Um, and that God has given us some glimpses um, into that realm and, and there is crossover into our realm. Um, but that, you know, there is this. And so he basically talks about every time you, you come across a scripture passage that is weird and difficult to translate, like that's where you should dig in and not just skip over. Right. Um, because that's where God has uh, wisdom to, to show. And so um, I've loved Dr. Heiser's stuff because, you know, I've, I've dealt with the unseen realm personally, yeah. uh, you know, in the supernatural personally and saying like, I know that this is real. Um, but I also know that um, I don't want to get off into a, a place of deception or a place of um, falling uh or moving so far from the scriptures that um, I'm I'm no longer you know in the realm of orthodoxy. Right. Um, but he he does that you know and and of course like he had he was a scholar, and it seems like he would be very inaccessible, but he actually had this heart of evangelism, um, and so he would go to like UFO conferences and share <laughs> the gospel you know yeah um, and and just do all these amazing uh, amazing things where he wasn't bound by. Um, tradition to the point of being um, stuck in the mud about, you know, about the supernatural, about like how you share the gospel. And um, I just, I love his paradigm shift. Um, and then also his work to me just unified the scriptures in right. a way that I had not been able to unify before um, and, and brings you back to, 
you know, God had a heavenly family before he had an earthly family, but he wanted this earthly family. And then there's this fall and this tension um, and that we are made in the image of God. Yes. Um, and that is the big thing that like, I know that that that's a path thing. That's a, an answer that just, oh, we're made in the image of God in the, in the Christian community, but really going back to that, that reality. Um, he helped show just what does that mean being made in the image of God. And then people, uh, there are deliverance ministers who got a hold of his work, who basically just minister the image of God. Right. Uh, and who um, help people come to a place of wholeness after being completely, you know, abused for years and years and years and shattered in their spirits and their souls. And that just being that, that reality of being made an image of God is what restores them to their rightful place. And in my own journey of God healing my heart, understanding that I can rest in that the fact that I made an image of God, that he made me and he didn't make a mistake when he made me, you know, that was beautiful. And, and just impactful personally. Amen. Um, so, you know, there's that. And then like, even the way he shares the gospel about, um, you know, there's three falls in the beginning of scripture, you know, uh, that uh, in the tower of Babel being a, a ziggurat, you yes. know, which is a, a tower to reach heaven without God mm-hmm. um, and how we can't do that. Um, and how we have to approach the lion of the tribe of Judah on his terms. Amen. Not ours, you know, Amen. so, Anyway, um, I, I kind of spattered all over with his some of his points, but um, he just he rocked my world in a way of understanding scripture, and I feel like it's so much more cohesive um, than I was ever able to articulate in the past. Well, that's the thing you you even um, talked about the fact that he himself uh, described himself as a connector, mm. and uh, I I feel like it is so very necessary uh in in generational um uh, transfer and when i when i when i say that generational transfer i feel like one of the one of the lost arts uh is uh learning how to walk out a legacy kingdom perspective mm-hmm. um you know especially in our culture today in our worldview today it's really based on, um, you know, you have a generation that is very successful because they are doing what they were created to do. However, the challenge always is that you don't make what, what you are called to do the exclusive only way of doing a thing. Because mm-hmm. when you do that, what happens is you lock out uh, the, 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 the power or the, the, the the wonder of of God. I mean, if we think that just the way we do something is the only way that God can operate, what it does is it it. I feel like that that's one of the beginnings of what what causes us to 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 begin to step into these religious silos that mm. literally isolate us from uh, people who have another facet you know and and so it is so necessary to have these connectors like uh, you know when you when you do and i encourage you if you've never heard of dr michael heiser uh to go to amazon and um, uh, look up 
Dr. Michael Heiser and, and the books that God has used him to write. And uh, for, you know, you and I both, as we talked, Megan, are, are, we were influenced first and foremost, maybe by the charismatic community, the charismatic stream of the body of Christ. But thankfully for both of us, we, we had a good foundational teaching too to kind of help keep us from from going on to one side or other of 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 the road. You know, I, I'm I'm always convinced that sometimes what happens with us when we uh, see someone in uh, who's gone off the deep end, as we say, on one one side of the ditch, uh, we overcompensate. And then yes. we go to the other side of the ditch, uh, on on the other side of the road. Both are both are in the ditch. So the yes. the whole purpose is, and many times what happens is, in our in our uh, attempt to uh, compensate for for someone who's maybe gone adrift or gone outside of uh, truth. We, we will overcompensate and go on the other side. And so to have these people who are uh, who have their heart and their minds open enough to look at both uh, the, the, the mystical side as well as the theological side and see that there's that both of them are needed. We see that yeah. all through, I think, our culture. And one of the, the challenges is, uh, and, and like you were talking about, even with the enlightenment, what, what it did is it stripped, you know, that, that move kind of stripped people from the, the, the mystical beauty, uh, because now we feel like with that, almost like with a Greek mindset that we have to be able to, uh, cerebrally figure everything out, but yeah. God brings a person, I call them generational uh, bridges those people who can uh, marry those two within the context and framework of scripture and uh, Dr. Heiser is one of those and I feel like that the people who get ignited by men and women of God like that are also uh, themselves carriers another reason why I wanted to uh, bring you on our show because I feel like that that's even speaks to part of what the father has done in you. So I I believe that father is actually, the Lord is really wooing a generation of people uh, um, to, to come and, and let him show them facets of, uh, of himself that maybe were kind of misunderstood. Let me use that word. Um, you know, I, I love this scripture where it talks about um, Moses and it talks about the children of Israel. And it says uh, that Moses or the children of Israel knew his works, but mm. Moses knew his ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord said something to me once in that. He said, if you do not know my ways, you are susceptible to misinterpret my works. Mm. And it's, I say it like this, you know, if I see, if I, if I don't know uh, the ways of Megan, if I don't know, you know, is she, is she, uh, if, she, you know, her personality, her, 
her sense of humor. You know, some people have a very dry sense of humor. Some people are the life of the party. Some people, you know, it's it's our makeup and how we're made. But if I don't know your ways and I see you do something, it is very um, susceptible for me to misinterpret what I see you do because I don't know you. And, yes. and, and I feel like that that's one of the things that's really taken place even in the body of Christ. There are these things that we have not understood and so because we because we we don't know we don't know what what was in the heart or the mind of God when he established that or when he did it and Mm. so because of that you know you hear things like how can uh, a loving God uh, uh, you know send people to hell all of that and it's because Mm. of a misunderstanding of the nature of God and in yeah. a misunderstanding of scripture, even like you were talking about with Dr. Heiser and Psalm 82. And you know, if, if, if we're coming from a, a Greek mindset, we have no concept of how uh, Hebrew culture plays into and, or even um, the language. Uh, mm. If we, if we try to, uh, I think a lot of things have been lost in translation. Let me just say it that way. And so uh, to have these amazing people who go deeper yes. and 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 uh, dig deeper and then bring both uh, the 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 theological with the mystical, marry them and show you that this was the heart of God the entire time. it's it's just amazing. So uh, he, his his legacy will continue. Um, he he uh, definitely impacted and continues to impact my life, as obviously he impacts yours as well. And so uh, that that kind of leads me into something uh, because here you are. I mean, um, I you know, I, let me just say this to our audience. Uh, even though this is a woman that's filled with wisdom. She is, she is not a, she is not an old lady. She is not a gray hair. So, (laughs) so, uh, so it it speaks to, again, here's someone that father is, uh, has really impacted. And she, I feel is one of those generational voices. Uh, And so we, you and I were talking about something prior to our uh, broadcast today, and that was, uh, what we're even seeing in the earth right now with uh, the moves of God that are happening in, in, in the generations. And uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just throw that out there and then just have you unpack it. And then we just, we just talk about it. Okay. Well, so there's um, one of the things you and I were talking about was the, the tendency to market or package and uh, that's that's what we'll say in the boomer generation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the and then the extreme, I would call it extreme, emphasis on authenticity uh, from my generation. Okay. Which I'm like, something can be authentically yucky. P.S. Yeah. Just because it's authentic doesn't mean it's good. Um, we need to get the goodness back. But um, but I feel like there's uh, you were talking about. Um, just the the way that uh, I think it was Tucker Carlson was wanting to go to Asbury yes. uh, to film the the revival that's going on there and the renewal that's going on there and how they were like, no, please don't come here. Yeah. Um, 
and I, and even them, I've heard stories of like, you know, 30 and 40, which I'm, I'm on the cusp, I'm 39. Um, but, uh, people who are a little older who are coming just like filming things and just taking pictures and how awkward it is for them to try to worship God in front of all of the, the cameras and, and uh, I think there is like a, a true yearning and a hunger for um, God to move and yeah. a, and within, you know, the, your generation of saying like, we had this Jesus movement, uh, which that the movie Jesus revolution just came out and I, yeah. I want to see it. So do I. Um, yes. But just that, like that longing for the fires of revival, that longing for renewal, longing for the spirit to break out. Um, and to say, you know, I think that, that we've been going around the country looking for, you know, where is the Lord moving and, um, that tendency to rush in to where it is to, to, to get a bit of it. Um, but then the students kind of being like, hold on, this is our thing. Um, and so, and, and you had said something about, uh, can you tell your life, your, your story about the secret life of Walter Mitty? Cause I love that. Well, the thing that's interesting is I think where we are in the, in the midst of all of this is the tension between the need to, I'll use this word for lack of a better term right now, the need to market or the need to publicize and the, the holiness of the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching this movie with uh, Ben Stiller, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, where he's in search of this renowned artist uh, that, uh, or photographer, actually. And he literally, uh, for those of you who've seen the movie, you know, but for those of you who didn't, he literally went across the world in search of this guy. Um, Walter was a was an editor, a, f- a photo editor for Time Magazine, which was about to shift everything. And uh, and so he he's looking because he lost a photo that the guy sent to him to be in the last uh, the last production or the last uh, uh, volume of Time Magazine. And and when he finally finds him. He's been in this remote, almost frozen area for weeks uh, in search of the elusive snow cat. And uh, Walter is there. He's there with him when this elusive, after weeks of lying still, after weeks of, um, of waiting for what we would call the money shot, the snowcat comes out, and he has him in focus. He has him in um, in view, in frame. And he says the moment was so magnificent. He did not take the shot, and mm-hmm. uh, and and right there at that moment, what he said is some moments uh, are just for that moment. And, yeah. and I feel like that's one of the places that we are, where we are, those of us who, who, who really are hungry for the things of God, we're so hungry, there is the tension. Is it, mm. what do we do with that moment? Do we, do we market it? You know, because that's, you know, for some of us, that's ingrained in, our, in the way we were brought up. 
We want to we want to televise it. We want to market it. We want everybody to be a part. And yet there's this tension where there's another facet of people who say we don't want it marketed. We don't want it publicized. We don't want picture. I mean, so uh, so I feel like that even with the moves of God, that's another place where we are. Mm. What do we do well, with these moments? And there's a thing actually uh, that that comes to my mind when you said this, and it's um, and if you watch uh, documentaries or um, rebiographies about Queen Elizabeth II, mm-hmm. she when she had her coronation in the 50s, it was the first televised coronation of you know a British monarch, and um, they they did show most of it, but there was a part that they did not televise and that was when she was anointed as queen wow. um, and the reason they didn't is because it was considered too holy to televise wow and um i just loved that they did it because they let the they let the world in on the 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 ceremony and the jubilation and all of that but even within that there was discernment and nuance in that this moment is not for the masses wow and I loved that when I heard it because to me, it well, it, it actually spoke to a lot of things. Um, but um, it spoke even, you know, how I, when I, we have babies, we don't allow filming. Um, and the reason we don't allow filming is actually for liability reasons. But, right. um, but there's uh, a moment when a baby is born and the only people that are allowed in there are authorized people it's not a show for everyone it right. is a moment a holy moment and it is messy <laughs> and it's not for consumption purposes it is for experience purposes and it's for you know this new new thing to be birthed and so i do love that like that there is that tension and i think that the tension is 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 good and parts of it there does need to be a telling a trumpeting of what's yes. happening um, but the holy parts of it need to be honored as sacred. And, and I do think that we've lost um, the, as a society, we've lost the uh, understanding of the word appropriate. Mm. Um, and That's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so not like, because I think that there was such a strong reaction against having shame for certain things. Um, that, you know, bodies are shameful or whatever, um, that I, I think it's actually the reverse. It, this, this is worth protecting and honoring. And that is why it is protected. And that is why it is restricted, not because it is a bad thing. Right. Um, and, and so we've lost that. Um, we've lost uh, a sense of timing as well. Um, and like, even I, you know, we, I, I pick at my food before I, <laughs> before I sit down to eat. I don't, uh, you know, while I'm cooking, I, I nibble and then I sit down and I'm not hungry. Um, you know, but I think that, that there's something for that metaphor of like going, okay, some things are holy. Some things are stepping back. Some things are timing related. Um, you know, and, and to say right now is not okay, but after 
we pray, it's okay to eat, you know, after right. we, the whole family has gathered, it's okay to dig in, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I feel like there's something to that. Um, and, and maybe with this, this Asbury thing is like a, a digging in, you know, is not quite, it's not quite time. Right. Um, or maybe the, the guest of honor, these, these young, cause so I'm 40. So it's a, so these are 20 year olds. Um, and, uh, so maybe these 20 year olds, they get, they get to start the meal this time, right. you know? Um, and so I don't know, you know, exactly what the Lord has. Um, but I do feel like there's a supporting role and there's a midwifery role for me, uh, you know, and, uh, and a launching role, uh, in, in how do we, how do we steward what's going on? Um, you know, in Asbury and, and now hopefully like there've been students from uh, the college that's in my town, A&M that have gone and, and who are having, you know, worship vigils, uh, outside, um, and, um, I don't know what's happening with it, uh, this week, but, um, I do think that there's, um, there's an igniting going on for sure, Amen. which I love. Amen. Well, with that, you pose a question to me, my, as you were, uh, expounding on that, my heart was thinking from this context, uh, one of the things that you mentioned is you, you do feel, which is so amazing and apropos seeing that um, you're now you're now a chicken mom uh, mm-hmm. that that is cultivating new life uh, but yet even with that um, and even as a as a, a labor and delivery nurse you're 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 there to assist both in a mif- midwifery role as you said uh, is it the the thought that came to me as you were uh, talking was, is it okay for me? This is a personal question I had to ask myself. Is it okay if, if, if the father is moving on a group of people, a generation of people, and, and I am not the center of attention or I am not right in the thick of it. And this is, you know, I, I I like to I, I I think parabolically often and and I think about um, because of where I am in my life and in and, and what I believe God has called me to do. I'm always thinking in terms of uh, when when the role shifts. Many of us, and especially I'm a baby boomer, so many of us are used to being in the limelight. You know, our our generation almost trained and, and cultivated us to to be right in the thick of things. If if something were going on, we wanted to be the leading man. We wanted to be the mm-hmm. leading lady. And I think about even in the, the 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 actors. If we were to even use this as an analogy, the actors and actresses who were once box box office, they were the they were the leading men. They were the leading women. They, when you heard their name in, in a movie, you went. But then there comes a point in time when uh, you aren't up for the best actor or the best actress, but you're actually part of the supporting cast. And and I feel like, uh, is it okay, part of that tension, is it okay that 
the way we've done things because we were always, you know, when you're the leading man, when you're the leading woman, you uh, you have a lot more input and say in how your character, how your actor uh, interacts, and uh, in what you what you are supposed to do within the within the movie. But as a supporting actor or actress, your role is not diminished but it is not the one that gets the public spotlight you are not you are not the the center of attention and so how do we and i feel like this may be a part of that tension uh of the generations when father is doing something you know i think about what john said uh when before he baptized jesus i must decrease and he must increase. I think about all of the 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 things of of scripture for me that require there be someone who sees that now there's a there's a need to be the the supporting actor, to be the Mordecai to Esther, to mm-hmm. be, you know, that person who passes the baton understanding that my role now is not to be the the platform person. It's to be the one that helps to establish a platform for what God is doing right now. I think that that's, for me, the tension that we are 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 walking in, and that we're that that the Lord is even during this move that we see. What is what is our role, and does it have to be the 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 limelight role in order for me to participate? Mm. Well, so as you're talking, the thing that kept coming to my mind, so I just watched this uh, documentary on the life of Lucy and Desi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, just the moment where she gets a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Kennedy Center. And um, and I'm thinking to myself, like, um, you know, when you're in your box office prime, like that's one thing. Yeah. But no one knows what it takes to get to the place to get the Lifetime Achievement Award. Wow. You know, like there is a depth and a beauty in looking and being the silver haired one who Mm -hmm. sits and watches the family that wouldn't exist if it had not been for your work, for your blood, sweat and tears and all of the things that you poured in over years. Um, And so, like, I feel like that that there is a paradigm shift in that, um, that it's really, it's not decreasing it. Um, but it's, um, the ability to enjoy the fruit of your labors. Right. And, um, if the, if the, the shift can occur that like, this isn't my limelight time, but this is the time that I get to, to drink the, the wine that has been fermented from the grapes that I planted, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. (laughs) Um, but that 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 thing that has meant lots of sacrifice and lots of time being poured in is so much sweeter than just the fresh new thing that that comes like and not to knock the new thing yeah um but to say uh i will let this new thing be for this generation and also though like here i am so there's there's also this guy that i love to listen to called Jeremy Pryor that has an organization called Family Teams mm-hmm. and he's big into multi-generational families he talks about six stages of parenting and 
um, it's really cool because very often, like we just look at the first two, which is like the caregiving stage when your kids are one to three. Mm -hmm. And then there's the coaching stage when the kids are from about three to 12. And then from coaching, you actually move to counselor at earlier than we think at 12. Mm. And um, you begin to be the counselor for your children and they are actually making the shots and then they're coming back to consult with you and then they're making, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. Yeah. And, um, and things seem to stop for us there because we only look at one generation. Um, but there's three other stages there. So he talks about being the co-founder with, with your adult children. So you're helping these adult children raise these children. You're not, you're not jumping back like grandparents don't do a job anymore. They actually have a really important job. It's just that we've, uh, for some reason decided that that's not a thing anymore. Um, and, uh, and then the second generation out, or the th- I guess it's the third generation out from you would be where you're, uh, what he calls the color commentator, where you're just j- joyfully watching these great grandchildren just run around and, um, how sweet it is to get to that spot. And, and that's not necessarily a spot that everybody gets to go to, right. um, just because of age, but, um, but that we discount those and we're only looking at the, the front part of that. Um, and so I think in the body of Christ, like um, still having that role where you're raising your, your grandchildren in the faith and you're, you're, you're in the thick of it still, um, I think is amazing. And I also think that like um, there was a stick it to the man, you know, thing that happened <laughs> yeah. uh, in the sixties Yeah. Um, that, you know, and, and, this everything is connected in my head so like and when you look at the family dynamics of mothers being taken out of the home um you know during world war ii and then the baby boomers uh, being doted on but then also there being so many of them that there became this pure culture that just really um took over yeah that peers became more important than generations wow um i think that that's being corrected now in the body of christ and in the in in the society at large it is being corrected as well but um that so if the only view is the peer culture and you having to be in the spotlight that then it represents a decrease but if you're looking generationally it is that you have set up this generation to encounter God now. That is so and that powerful. You're reaping the benefits of what God did um, in your life and all of the, you know, many years of pouring in, you know, to the body of Christ yeah. that you personally have done, but then also like the people of your generation have done. Well, that is blessing me so much because I am now a great grandfather four times mm. over. I love it. And it is so exciting. It, you know, you actually gave uh, language and definition to where I am and, and why I feel the way I do. Uh, one of my uh, great-grandchildren, I've not gotten the opportunity to meet yet because uh, his, his, uh, my grandson, his father, is in the, the Navy, and so they are actually in Washington State. Mm. He'll be two years old this year. His name oh. is Declan, which name which oh. means man of prayer, and and I. But I've been that color commentator uh, yes. from from a social media place, from a from a you know just uh, uh, FaceTime. Uh, you know the beauty of media that we have and the technology that we have yes. is even though I haven't had the opportunity to be face to face with him. 
Uh, I've seen him. He's seen he's seen me through social media, through FaceTime, oh. and all of that. And and you're right. I mean, I I am overjoyed. But the interesting thing is seeing my daughter now, who is a very you know a, a fairly young grandmother. But uh, but it's just it is just so incredible. And uh, pride. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and just like you said, I get to drink from the, the, the vineyard that was planted. And I think about that all the time. I, I get to, I, I get to uh, drink from the vineyard that was planted uh, in my twenties in my early twenties. Mm. And, and just to see uh, even the fact that my grandson would name his son, Declan, man of prayer. Yes. So it's such a it's such a journey, such a beautiful journey that I think we, um, like you said, I think what Father is doing is he's brought to bring it back uh, in our last few minutes together for this for this session anyway. He's bringing it back to Plum. He's bringing his uh, his heart back into Plum, and I think that whether we talk about Asbury, whether we talk about uh, the generations and how we interact together, the, the nature and the heart of the Father is always to, to go from glory to glory. And every, and every person uh, play their role and, and step into their purpose and destiny knowing how important it is, but also being, being able to see um, that I can't be the only one that, you know, talking to you really just opens my heart up. It, it's, it's, it's such a synergy of the ages because mm. I get to, I get to hear from your perspective. I get to hear the things that the father has placed in you. I, you know, I've gotten to meet, of course, your mom and dad who are phenomenal. I, I just absolutely adore them and and just to see even with the lord bringing them together and the and the and the product of their love a product of their commitment to the lord is mm-hmm. Megan Roth Ortega <laughs> that to me is just such a great joy and then i got to meet you know your three and just to see the shining light in their eyes i mean it's it it's so beautiful it's such a beautiful expression of what the kingdom uh, is is really supposed to look like and how beautiful it can be. It 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 puts me in a place that I I just can't wait to see what's next. I can't see I I can't wait to see what your son son and daughters bring forth. I can't wait to see what my great grandson, if I'm yes. still around, or even even if if I'm not here on earth. Uh, from that position of the great cloud of witnesses, get to see what he gets to do. Mm. The last thing I want to say, and then I want to hear your your final remarks. The uh, one one thing that impacted me, uh, I got the opportunity for the first time in 2017 to go to Israel, mm. and uh, we were there on a, a worship tour actually, but. We had one of the most phenomenal tour guides ever, and you know we're going throughout the land of Israel 
And, uh, and there are these places that they call tells or archaeological sites. So the word that they use is tell, tell Dan, tell, tell mm-hmm. Nezreel, what, you know, uh, Jezreel, I mean. But as we were traveling, we were actually going to uh, the southern part of or the northern part of, of Israel. And we're on this bus for about a three-hour uh, bus ride. And we pass by all of these sites, and our um, tour guide says, well, this is tell so-and-so, and this is that. And, and, and inevitably, someone would say, well, where did you, what did you find there? And he would share this. And then we pass by a place, and, and I don't remember the name, but he said, this is tell so-and-so. And someone asked, uh, so what did you find there? He said, oh, we, we aren't, that's not ours to explore. That's not ours to we can't touch that for 50 years oh. because that's for the next generation to discover. Now, the wow. thing that blew me away is they knew, they know that there's something extremely significant there. Oh. They know that there's something extremely significant, but they aren't, they aren't rushing to uncover it because it's not theirs to uncover. Wow. That, it changed my perspective, really, because I feel like that that's what Father is doing even now. So if you want to know another reason why I'm so excited when I hear you and Matthew and I hear other young firebrands with what you carry, that's why, is because uh, some things are not meant for me to discover. <laughs> there are things you have, you know, uh, you know, the Bible says, for I know the thoughts, I know the plans that I have for you. Uh, and they're thoughts of good and not of evil, thoughts to prosper you, not to harm you, and to bring you to a hope and future. But, you know, and I, I couple that with what he says in Jeremiah chapter 1, when he says, before I formed you, I knew you. And before mm-hmm. you came forth out of the belly. And you get to see that, both with your little chicks, but you also get to see it with <laughs> Mankind, with these young yeah. people who are coming forth. And like you said, it's a holy moment. It's not something that you uh, put on CNN or that you put on Fox News. It is, it is, it is a holy moment that no cameras are allowed. And, and, but, but I feel that same way for, for you. There are things that Father has reserved for you and Matthew. There are things that he has reserved for uh, your son and your daughters to discover that are that we'll have that role of, you know, walking with them, coaching, uh, you know, whatever that wherever we are in the phase of that. But there are some things that are just holy to uh, that are that are exclusively for you to discover. And Mm -hmm. so. I, I am so grateful for who you are in the body of Christ. And and I'm telling you, uh, like I said, I'm going to turn it over to Megan for final thoughts here in just a second. But what I want to encourage our listeners is um, this is a person that I really feel that you're going to hear uh, the Lord is establishing her platform. We've been talking about some things that we may even do. I think we're kind of uh, settled on the fact the fact that I think we're going to be doing a monthly 
conversation via podcast. And I'm looking so for that. And I'm excited about that. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Megan, for your final thoughts about our conversation today. And, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to do anything with you monthly because you're fantastic. Um, but also, uh, the thing that you, when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, we're leaving that for the next generation. Yeah. The, the, the on-purposeness and the self-control that takes is, is huge. Isn't it? And that is hard. It's hard for me because I am uh, very curious. And, um, and so, but I, that just brought back to mind, um, I could, I could start a whole other conversation about this, but I will say that, um, one of the things I feel within charismatic Christianity is that we do believe in the prophetic and that we want to know, we just want to know (laughs) what is over the next hill. And I believe that more than anything, this moment, Jesus is calling us to trust him. And it's the thing you said where you were like, I know Uh, Moses knew his ways. And um, even with uh, going even back to what we're talking about, Dr. Heiser, um, and, and the the bridge between the mystical and the, and the uh, scholarship and the theology, where it's like this tension of um, doing things well, being educated, but then also saying, I trust you, Jesus. And I don't want to be one of those uh, at the end of the age when Jesus sorts and he says, you know, you did all these works, but yeah. you didn't know me. Wow. Um, and so I feel like that is the thing I would love to leave people with is that note of trust, um, which when you're smart or when you're gifted, you can trust in your own strength to a fault. Um, but that's something that the Lord is is beating out of us and I, I <laughs> uh in in I would say those people who've uh moved uh, you know in giftedness and anointing yeah um that God has is pulling us to but do you trust me and it doesn't matter how much you know and it doesn't matter how smart you are and it doesn't matter um uh the you know that that knowledge doesn't matter as much as the the conocer like the what you say in spanish the personal knowing that's good um to know the voice of the father so if i'm gonna say anything um uh that i would like to leave people with it would be um to get into that secret place to hear the voice of the father and to begin to know him personally and develop that trust so that um when things um are challenging um, that you have that wisdom to know, oh, that is the thing that I'm not to touch. Yeah. That is the thing that I'm to wait. This is a thing I'm to run for, um, that, that you can hear the voice of the father and get to know that personally. Um, so that it, when there's challenges in the future, good challenges and bad challenges, um, to just be able to rest in that relationship and the knowing him. That's so, so good. That is so good. So um, one of the things I want to bring back up as we as we end our time together is, as you heard uh, from Megan Ortega, uh, our guest today, she's not only um, um, labor and delivery nurse and a and a chicken mom, but she's also uh, one of the uh, on the leadership of her church in uh, College Station, Texas, Rivergate Church. 
But the other thing she mentioned was she gets to facilitate uh, freedom prayer. Uh, and this is not something that's just exclusive for your for your church, correct? Correct. Um, we are, obviously, the, the church kind of hosts us, but we're actually connected to a larger freedom prayer um, organization that is, now it's global. Like on, on Wednesday, I'll be on a call with uh, leaders across the whole globe that are learning how to start their own freedom prayer ministries in their churches. And um, it is basically just a way of facilitating people to get into the presence of God and learn to hear his voice. Um, and that hearing his voice, receiving his love, encountering the Holy Spirit then changes uh, deep places in your life. And I've watched it to where it's moved me from working in my own strength to do the right thing, to be able to rest in who Jesus says I am. Mm -hmm. And then the fruit of the spirit just comes out. Wow. Um, so an effortless place of just abiding in, in him. Um, and that's, that's the goal of freedom prayer is basically abiding training, I guess, is if I had to boil it down. That's awesome. So yeah. now I, uh, is this something that someone could contact you to get more information about or? Yes. So there is, yes, I would say freedomprayer.org is the original, I call them big freedom prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, they're the, they're the big freedom prayer, like the national um, organization. And they have a network of teams that are affiliated with local churches, multi-denominational all through the country. And so if there isn't a freedom prayer near you, they can, they'll, they'll look and try to find, um, and we'll, we network with each other. So if, if, um, if a team uh, is like, oh, there's somebody in College Station who needs a freedom prayer, um, they will, they'll let us know and they'll hook us up with uh, the person who needs prayer. So um, it is, it's just freedomprayer.org um, is the big freedom prayer site. And yeah. then my, my freedom prayer site for the, Bra what we call the Brazos Valley, that's our, that's our region, mm -hmm. um, is, uh, freedom prayer bv like brazos valley uh dot com okay so, so for the for the uh international uh contact would be freedomprayer.org and uh if you are in the area that uh, megan gets to uh serve in that would be freedom prayer v b as in boy v as in victor dot com correct correct all right correct. so well, the exciting thing is I, I hate to end our time today, but the beautiful thing is, like I said, we, we've already discussed and talked about uh, a monthly uh, conversation is how I, I think we've, we've kind of coined it for now, a monthly conversation with um, uh, Megan. But not only that, uh, she's in the works and in the process of uh, starting her own podcast. So you'll be hearing more about that maybe uh, on this podcast as we, as we connect. But uh, once again, Megan Ortega, I just want to thank you for your time today. Thank you for pouring into uh, our, uh, your destiny today audience and just uh, so grateful for your time with us. And I can't wait until the next time. Well, thank you, Anthony. I'm super honored, and thank you for allowing me to come and talk to your people. Oh, it's it's 
it's just a joy. And so, again, we want you, for those of you who maybe uh, heard this for the first time uh, and you just stumbled across this or because you've heard me talk about bringing Megan on or if you're friends of Megan and you want to uh, know about uh, your destiny today, we're just going to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Uh, you can find us on all of the platforms, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, all of those different platforms. And so we just thank you. We thank Megan. We thank you for listening. And uh, we just say, find your place. Where are you in what Father's called you to do? And we invite you to uh, discover who who you are. And we are just thrilled that we get to be a part of your destiny today. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Your Destiny Today with Anthony Turner. To join us each week, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. To find out more or to invite Anthony to your next conference or event, go to destinymi.com.